Big Takes is a podcast from BCA Research, informing investors with straightforward, actionable analysis of macro and market events. Hi there, and welcome to the Quick Takes podcast. I'm your host, Rakaya Ibrahim, strategist at BCA Research. U.S. economic data releases over the past two weeks have been stronger than anticipated. The 517,000 increase in non-farm payroll employment, the CPI and PPI reports, and the strong retail sales growth have all caused market participants to reassess their optimism that inflationary pressures are easing. The equity rally has stalled as investors digest what this means for Fed policy going forward and revise their interest rate expectations accordingly. So in this week's episode, my colleague Ryan Swift is joining me to discuss whether the disinflation process is indeed at risk and what that means for Fed policy going forward. Ryan is BCA Research's U.S. bond strategist. Thanks for joining me on the podcast, Ryan. So I think a good place to start our conversation is with what ultimately matters most for the Fed at this point, which is inflation, of course. Uh, We got Mm -hmm. a hotter than expected CPI release for January. Uh, I know that you spend a lot of your time dissecting the inflation data. So based on your analysis of the latest CPI release, are you concerned that the disinflation process could stall and that inflation could stay more elevated than what the Fed and market participants anticipate? Yeah, thanks uh, for having me. And I think that is a good place to start. I would say that based on the data we've seen so far, I still think the most likeliest outcome is that core inflation is going to fall to around the mid 3% range or even lower by the end of this year. This is despite some of that strong data we've seen, which, you know, to your point, it's not just the CPI, right? We had that really strong payrolls report and also strong retail sales for January. And I think based on those three data releases, I think some are concluding now that we're going to have this sort of no landing scenario where growth moves back above trend, inflation doesn't come down at all. And I do think that's a bit premature. So for one thing, I think it's important to remember that we still aren't even 12 months out from the very first rate hike of the tightening cycle. So at some point, probably in the next couple quarters, uh, we're going to really start to see last year's tightening take effect uh, on the economic data. But chiefly, my view that inflation is going to come down a lot this year comes from the shelter side and what we've already seen in terms of market rents decelerating a lot. So the rents on new leases, and that's sort of already in the pipeline. We know that's going to filter through to CPI Uh, with a lag. And we know that that's coming this year. What we really saw in January was a bit of a hiccup on the goods side, goods prices um, not coming down as quickly as they had been. That could continue for the next couple months. We could see a little bit less disinflation there than we had been seeing. We've seen things like used vehicle prices jump a little bit the past couple months. But I would tend to view that as a bit of a hiccup that could last a couple months when we look at indicators from the ISM survey, things like supplier delivery times, prices paid indexes. These are all consistent with continued disinflation on the good side. So I wouldn't expect what we saw last month to persist you know, through to the end of the year. Okay, so if we 
switch the conversation to Fed policy. One of the takeaways from the minutes of the February FOMC meeting that came out this week is that a few participants preferred raising the Fed funds rate by 50 basis points. This is consistent with comments that we got from James Bullard of the St. Louis Fed, as well as the Cleveland Fed president, Loretta Mester, who both recently said that they favored a 50 basis point rate hike in the February FOMC meeting. But that was before we got that batch of unexpectedly strong economic data releases that you mentioned. So the non-farm payroll, CPI, PPI releases, retail sales report. Now, I know that you're saying that the disinflation process is most likely going to continue and that the January CPI report is most likely a hiccup in that process. But do you think that there is now a stronger case for the Fed to be more aggressive going forward? And if so, what does that likely mean? Does it mean that we go back to 50 basis point rate hikes or a higher Fed funds rate or a longer pause after the last rate hike of the cycle? And do you think that the shift that we've seen in interest rate expectations recently adequately reflects this? Yes. So I think it's very unlikely we're going to go back to 50 basis point rate hikes. I think if anything, the minutes from the February meeting revealed a very strong consensus around downshifting the pace to 25 basis points per meeting. And I think the big question is how long they're going to continue to lift. 20, are we going to get one more of those, two more of those, three, four more of those before they go on hold? Much too much was made of the recent comments from uh, Mester and Bullard. Their disagreements isn't really about the ultimate endpoint for policy rates. In her speech, Loretta Mester explicitly says, I think we need to get the Fed funds rate to above 5% and then keep it there for a long time, which is exactly what is the median Fed projection from December. Her disagreement and Bullard's disagreement was simply them saying we should get there as fast as possible, where the bulk of the committee says it makes sense to move more slowly so we can feel out exactly where that endpoint is. And that seems to be where the consensus is. And I, I don't think that's going to change even based on, on the data we've seen. The bigger question is what's that end point? And I think if we go by what the projections were in December, the median projection was for the funds rate to peak between five and five and a quarter. And that was in the context of an expectation that core PCE inflation would fall to three and a half percent by the end of the year. And so the big question heading into March is, have policymakers changed their opinions about either of those things? Do they now think maybe we're going to need higher interest rates to get inflation down to three and a half? Or do they think, is that inflation forecast higher? Based on the comments I've heard from speeches so far, there's no reason to believe that those forecasts have changed. That's not to say they haven't. Ultimately, we're going to have to wait until March to see how those dots move. Uh, but I don't think it is, you know, certainly no one has said anything that would make me think, oh, for sure, those dots are moving higher. My expectation is that we're going to get two more 25 basis point hikes. We'll get one in March and then another in May uh, and then an extended on hold based on my expectation that by the June meeting, which is the one where they would go on hold in my scenario, we will have enough evidence that growth is slowing, that inflation's coming down, that the Fed will feel comfortable pausing. But that's really where the debate's going to be now. We're into a string of 25s, and the debate's going to be about when they stop. Just as a final point, maybe some of your insight about the role of financial conditions here. Over the years, you've referred to what you call the Fed policy loop to describe the relationship between monetary policy and financial conditions. 
Uh, and that relationship basically suggests that when financial conditions ease, that could prompt the Fed to respond more hawkishly. Uh, now, over the past few months, financial conditions have eased. That's evident by the Goldman Sachs Financial Conditions Index. So according to your Fed policy loop framework, do you expect policymakers to respond to the easing of financial conditions that we've seen over the past few months? So I think... And I think that the Jay Powell recognizes this and he sort of tried to skirt around the issue a bit in his last press conference that it would be a mistake for them to try to finely tune financial conditions too much, which is to, you know, say, look at an easing over the past couple months and say, oh, no, we have to respond to that by, you know, hiking further. Uh, because the flip side of that easing over the past two months was one of the largest tightenings we've ever seen from beginning of 2022 until Q3, roughly, of 2022. And so because markets are forward-looking and react to every word the Fed says, you know, a lot of that tightening was front-loaded from last year. So I think basically from a monetary policy perspective, I do kind of think that financial conditions will just sort of sort themselves out. So we have saw some easing after, since that hot CPI print, we've actually seen, you know, a retightening again. And so I think if there was you know, a very long period of the Fed, you know, saying, look, we're going to do one thing, keep rates, you know, steady at a high level, but markets not believing it. And, you know, say the two-year yield is falling, thinking they're going to cut, you know, eventually if the Fed sticks to its guns, that'll sort of take care of itself. So I don't think it's something that you'd really want to change your sort of near-term policy strategy based on. Well, thanks again for joining me today, Ryan. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Quick Takes podcast. We'll be bringing you weekly quick takes with BCA strategists on a range of macro and market topics. Stay tuned for next week's episode.